So I've been curious to know what you thought of the ending of HBO's Watchmen. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it, but we, uh, yeah, I never updated you on after yeah, finishing. I remember you asked me like, "What do you, I've heard that there are mixed reviews on that last episode?" And I was like, ah, "I'm gonna wait till you watch it." Uh, I thought it was incredible. Me too. I thought the entire I don't show. Know. I didn't want to say that to you, and then you feel the way that. Uh, who I forget if you read about that or if it was. I think uh, I'm realizing. Uh, I'm realizing it was Sam just saying the quality of episode six. I think it is, uh, whichever the the one with the use of black and white. Uh, is yeah, fair enough. That's like one of the best. So episodes good of TV that it's I've just seen like, in years. It's just like, like after that, you're like, which yeah, I but it. I, it's it still really I, blew I get me it, away, though, the finale. I don't necessarily agree because, yeah, it, oh, wow. it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, there is so much in that show, and I'm glad we're talking about it because I've been thinking about it so much with the, uh, with the state of the world and the Black Lives Matter movement and the police being dispatched and the National yeah. Guard being dispatched and the use of masks because of the pandemic but also like feeling like i don't know like how many of them are just trying to hide their faces and like the use of masks in riot gear and there's so much of that and the you know what a mask means on either side of yeah the show is is almost scary to watch now compared to when i first watched it it's like holy crap how did they and what happens when you hide your identity and like the idea of superheroes wearing a mask and what they do with the origins of that is absolutely incredible. And their direct mm. addressing of uh, the the Tulsa massacres and oh my yeah, god, I just... I'm I'm I think if we would have talked about this in the first episode of the podcast, I wouldn't have said this. But I think it's important for me to say this because I think it's fucked up. That is how I learned about those about Tulsa. I had heard about it, but I, I had I knew not, nothing. I you know, there's probably people that were you know around, or I don't know, like there may be people in my life who will hear this and be like, you know about that? We heard about that that one time in school, and it's right. like, yeah, if you have a really, really, really great memory and you're brilliant, maybe you remember that little paragraph. But genuinely, I mean, I know about so much that that's in like the mainstream media the history that's in the mainstream yeah. media it's I mean, crazy to me that that isn't something that is taught as uh extensively as like anything else anything yeah. else it's yeah. one of the most horrific events in american history and it's yeah. just like something i literally learned about as a 24 year old it's maybe a footnote in a history book at one point that like kind of just briefly talks about it. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. A lot happened in Tulsa at this time and people were mad moving on. It's like, I'm, we are really uh, getting to a point where we need to very critically look at what we're, what we're, <laughs> how teaching. we're teaching our history yes, to, absolutely. to our children, um, which is unfortunate. Which is cool. Cause this is a show about superheroes. So, you know, damn right. well, there are the people watching this that need to see it. Yeah. You know? Oh, I, I oh this my is God, my, yeah. I think it might be my favorite thing that a superhero, um, my favorite thing within the superhero genre. Yeah. Uh, I love the Watchmen graphic novel and mm-hmm. I genuinely think this is better. I, I genuinely think it does what that did for its yeah. time for our time. So to me, 
you know, it's like people can be upset that someone likes the Blade Runner remake more than the original Blade Runner, but you have to understand sometime that things can be made for a certain generation and i feel like that show is like our generation's watchmen to what the graphic novel was to a generation previous not that like i don't know it makes the it makes the graphic novel feel like almost like not not it i don't want to say it i don't want to get hate you know but this show is <laughs> I, I agree is with where your sentence very was headed. very smart um, <laughs> yeah uh i also want to briefly talk about um in continuing to try and talk about and amplify black artists and try and get people to concentrate on listening to the or uh, uh yeah listening to them <laughs> i stopped myself because i thought i was being artistically specific because i'm talking about an album i'm over explaining myself marvin gay's album what's going on is incredible a friend of mine kevin actually uh suggested that i check that out after listening to run the jewels because run the jewels flows so seamlessly from song to song and that happens on what's going on as well in a very very effective way um mm. and so much of what is said and the lyrics on that album are like this was written in 1971 and this is right now that's 50 years ago 50 <sighs> years and nothing's different in the first song he says, picket lines, picket signs, don't punish me with brutality. That's like one of the main refrains in and that is that's right now. Right now. Fifty years. This show is just gonna become Calvin recommending albums that Gary listened to and then next week <laughs> Gary telling him how brilliant they were. <laughs> I hope so. Please. please I'm excited. Check it out. Um, but what uh well, what have you been looking into? Basically Upon finishing a show that you requested, I dove into some other things, but I want to talk about mm. that show real quick. Please, Gravity you mentioned Falls. Yes, please tell me. Uh, oh, my God. It just, I think, you know, when I watch anything fantasy, I want to say, just mm -hmm. fiction in general, it does not do this as well as this did. This is like what yeah. I'm always looking for, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, great, great, great setup. Even, like, the show kind of starts out episodic in a way, you know? But yeah. everything is relevant. It all ties back. And then back. Uh, mid middle of the show is just great character development. Mm -hmm. And then the end of the show is just satisfying. And yep. that is the show. Uh, I could see, if someone told me they were planning on one more season, I could be, I could see that. I could be like, yeah, I could maybe see them wanting to have more in there i don't want them to do it though it's so perfect but, yeah no it's it's one of those two where if i was told uh that that creator had had everything planned from the beginning and knew exactly how many episodes it'd be I'd, it similar to avatar it's mm -hmm. it gives me the same feeling avatar gives me and i think what's more impressive is that it's literally 40 episodes 40 yep. episodes of a show and i walk away I'm going to watch it again very soon to pick up because one of the coolest aspects of the show is uh, through fantasy storytelling and just through the magic of movie making. There's a lot of like flashback stuff, you know, seeing what happened in the past or going back to the past or whatever. I feel like watching the show again is going to be really cool, like really satisfying Hell getting yeah. that build up again, knowing what's going to happen. I've been looking forward to a rewatch since I finished it. Yeah. 
I'm honestly great. just biding yeah. my time. <laughs> yeah, and J.K. Simmons. Oh wait, I probably shouldn't say that. Uh, I mean, J.K. Simmons. Fuck it. <laughs> He's in it, and it's so good. It is. All it's right. So great. You don't have to say who he plays, but uh, yeah. Briefly oh. wanted to also mention. Um, I watched Spirited Away for mm. like the millionth time in my life. Uh, I was going to maybe just tell you the story of how I first watched that movie, but it it might be a story for a future event. Essentially, too long didn't read. I went to the movies with like a field trip for a daycare, and we were going to see Agent Cody Banks, and they were sold out. So we had to see Spirited Away, which is a two and a half hour like adult animation. It's not. It's not. It's definitely for... Well, like young audiences I mean, yeah. and all the way up to adults, I'd say. Sure. But good lord, there's some creepy shit in this movie, yeah. and you've seen it, right? Or yeah, have you? I have. It's been a it's been a minute, but yeah. Man, if you get a chance, having been appreciating animation more through mm-hmm. this podcast, mm-hmm. it made me watch. Oh my god, it's definitely one of the most beautiful movies ever made, for sure. Like no doubt about it in my mind. It there are some sequences that make me tear up just because of how perfectly animated they are like yeah things that like the way she turns her head to like look out the window it's just i don't even know how to explain it but the no, grass I... man the way the grass moves <laughs> no, you know I what they you. say yeah so uh yeah uh speaking of animation <laughs> uh this is a new lens a podcast where calvin and i talk about media from our childhood with this new lens of adulthood and amateur filmmakers. The bulk of our show uh, has been about Avatar, The Last Airbender. We're tackling episode by episode, and we are on Bato of the Water Tribe. I think Ooh. it's episode 15. I believe so. So, yeah, do you uh, want to give a little little brief recap? Absolutely. So, Aang and the gang discover these water tribe tools and weapons as they're making their travels and um they quickly find a boat and reconnect with bato who is a good friend seemingly kind of like the best friend of Sokka and katara's father and their father's not there because the the fleet has moved on and bato is there because he's been injured uh in in a battle with firebenders Sokka and Katara reconnect with Bato and get such a satisfying experience out of that that Aang gets pushed to the wayside here, which is, you know, extremely understandable given the circumstances. But, you know, as a kid, he takes it kind of personally and he feels rejected and he sort of runs away and intercepts this map from a messenger to where their father is. and in his sort of non-logical emotional state, he hides it from them. And uh, then we get this sequence of Bato giving Sokka the experience of uh, ice dodging, I believe they call they call it, which is clearly like a, you know, a, a, a ritual uh, in their tribe. Uh, Sokka pulls it off. He has such a great experience, but, you know, through it, Aang gets overcome by guilt, and reveals that he's hidden this map from them, and they make him go away. Um, but they are hunted down by Zuko, who is teamed up with this woman with this incredible mole creature. We'll 
definitely talk about it, try and break it down, but um, who tra uh, tracks by scent and they track the gang because Zuko has Katara's necklace still. And they all come together at this, uh, I don't know, nunnery? I don't know exactly what to call them, <laughs> but they're these uh, sisters uh, who make these perfumes they have this final battle they manage to render useless the the beast with the perfume and manage to get away and that's sort of the course that this episode takes i i really like a lot of things about this episode me too and that's i wanted to start off by saying uh apparently this is the itunes lowest rated episode of the series blows my mind which i find hard to believe because aside be from maybe error. a couple storytelling uh, conveniences, mm -hmm. this is like one of the best written episodes yet. It's so... Who's watching Avatar on iTunes? <laughs> People who <laughs> don't like it, it enough. Yeah. They're watching the wrong episodes. So yeah, uh, Water Tribe gear is so cool. I love it whenever we see a new yeah. like weapon or article of clothing or I do anything. Wanna, I do want to point out... Um, keeping on brand of what <laughs> what I usually talk about the very first shot here i just think it's so <laughs> it's so important i i'm i'm recognizing how much attention they give which i think is important in any uh visual cinematic medium is what's the first thing you see and what's the last thing you see i think that's very important and the first thing you see in this episode is water crashing up against rocks which would be brought back later wow mm, i just thought that was cool um and also it's like water you know it's that this is <laughs> maybe that's getting a little too like no the first i think thing that's... we see is it's water you know like bottom of, of the water tribe <laughs> <laughs> i think that's fair no yeah but I, I i do think that's that's very cool but then they quickly uh, Sokka, discover these tools yeah and Sokka tracking what happened reminded me heavily of some Aragorn in Two Towers tra oh. tracking Pippin and Mary. Yeah, there was a like, fight. Yeah, it really was right. like, okay, this dude is, we're seeing another set of skills. We've seen him do things similar to this, but now Sokka's full on Aragorning it up. Right, yeah. Such a cool moment. And then they come out and there's a ship there. I don't know, my heart always floats when they see the ship because oh. they know, you know. I also like that... Um part of how he's recognizing these things are these flashbacks these image flashbacks oh, those hit hard they hit too. so i got goosebumps every single time they did that me too i don't know Especially what about it what do you think it is they went straight for it showing us his dad yeah like right? they went they <gasps> went the first for time it. we're seeing it's like dad. something I yeah, it's like you don't that. you don't think that they're going to show him similar to maybe how they would do the Fire Lord, but mm -hmm. they're like no, no. He remembers his dad. He knows what his dad was like, so we're mm -hmm. going to show you that and make also make him the most huggable dad. <laughs> yeah. You know. It's oh. like so sad to watch him go. And then young Sokka is so cute that you just feel so bad yeah. for him. And they they like Either he's doing a little bit of a voice or they pitch shifted his voice. Yeah, but and it's perfect. not a ton. Just like a little bit higher so that it's clearly still him, but it's clearly little kids on him. Yeah. Oh. Oh. It makes my heart float. Yeah. Oh man. I, I love once they get to the ship, 
I love the design of this ship. It reminds yeah. me of like I wrote fish skeleton, you know? And I think that's oh, wow. how they got the structure of that ship is like looking at animals that float in the sea, you know? Wow. And that and also relates to what you were talking about with your brother's comment on Fire Nation ships. Yeah. The difference. Mm-hmm. These ships uh, really don't have room to fight on. They're made for traveling. You know, yeah. that's it. Strictly travel. Mm-hmm. Um, Iroh is a creepy uncle in this episode. Yeah. It cracks me up. It's really Zuko funny. Because is like bothered by it. <laughs> it's really funny and occasionally not okay. <laughs> yeah, there's there's at least one moment where I'm like, yeah. too far. But <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that's why this episode has backlash. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that interesting. would be enough because there is a specific moment that I'm like, yo, that's not, that shouldn't have been there. Yeah. But if that moment wasn't in the episode, it would be otherwise almost flawless. Okay. What is this mole thing? The sheer shoe. Sheer shoe. That's right. So it's basically just a giant mole, but its tongue paralyzes you. Oh, oh. Also, it could rip. Open the metal yeah. Fire Nation ship. Fuck. So it's stronger, like its nails and teeth are probably stronger than metal. That's yeah. nuts. That is a force to be reckoned with. I love the visualization of seeing with scent that they use. You know, Very the, cool. The colors and, you know, everything's black and white and sort of. And it's like and a wide angle. Grayscale. Like... It's wide, like weird. And, but the. Colors are very clear, and though they're like wafting thing, it's like, I don't know, it just makes a lot of sense. It's sort of mm-hmm. like, um, we watched Ratatouille like yeah. three, four weeks ago, um, and the visualization of taste in that movie is very, very distinct, and also uses what sound as well. Movie. I loved that movie so much. Honestly, we should talk about that at a, at a, at yeah, a greater down. extent, but... um. I don't know. I, that that just really struck me, and it's you know they they had to have a you know a discussion about how are we going to show this visualization of scent, and I think they do a very good job. I do too. Uh, I want to talk a couple things. One, Bato. So, did you look up who he was? I did um, because he's a dude. He's like yeah. I knew I recognized his voice. Yep. Um, but I didn't do realize you have a couple, how many things. Yeah, I do mean, you have a couple characters that you significant? Because I literally have two things that I'm like, okay, these are some significant things that he's. I know. How about you? Well, his name is Richard McGonagall, by the way, um, and he was the narrator in Five Hundred Days of Summer. Yeah, and he's uh, Sully in the Uncharted games. I don't know if you've played those. I just played. I haven't. I I admittedly played just the last one. I am one of those guys sometimes. <laughs> but if you look up Uncharted, any scene from it, you'll be like, oh, that guy's iconic. You know, yeah. his voice, he's got like a mustache and a cigar all the time. Yeah. You can imagine it. He's done a uh, bunch of other episodes or uh, uh, voiceover gigs, but he also did an episode of a show that I rewatched a couple weeks ago in its entirety, which was Better Off Ted. Have you ever watched Better Off Ted? No. Is it good? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Great. Okay. I'll check v- that very out. Very lighthearted, entertaining, but also kind of very uh, uh, full of criticism of big business. And Ooh, I, in a, I love that. In a satirical way. So it is funny, but also sometimes it's like, <laughs> uh, oh, 
<laughs> but uh but man he is great speaking in this. of that speaking of that feeling <laughs> what when they first do meet bato it always makes me laugh and then do that i always go <laughs> oh when he just like turns and puts his hand up for Aang to follow them. Right. He doesn't even give him like a come with us gesture or he just looks, puts a hand up and then turns. Right. Like they almost yeah. animated out frames just to make it even more cold. <laughs> yeah. You know, he just kind of, oh yeah. And hand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, they get to this place that they've been being healed. And what are these people? Are they nuns? So that they're making like, they're making perfumes that like heal yeah, people, which is that's the dope. main story in con- or story convenience that I'm like, yeah. If they if they had a better reason for there just happening to be a group of women who created perfumes when yeah. smell is like a center centered plot, it's one of the coolest aspects of the episode to me, mm-hmm. but just one of the most like. <laughs> Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm cool with it. Uh yeah. uh meanwhile, while they're there though, uh we I didn't I don't think we mentioned it before we talked about the sheer shoe. It was really cool when we first meet the lady uh who controls it, she's arm wrestling what looks like Ryu from Street Fighter. Oh yeah, yeah. That... And it's just like I just love that. Like just a cool little it's not, but it totally is, you know? Yeah. I love that they try and convince her, <laughs> we'll pay your weight in gold. How about you say you pay your weight in gold? <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Iroh's just like, moment. she's fucking great. I think Iroh was, this is my theory, he was rich. Zuko was banished. Iroh was uh, ill-respected for his failures in Bossing Say, so mm. he decided with his money to help Zuko. Oh, that makes sense. That, because that I sense. just he's royal, so he would have yeah. money, and if even if he failed in bossing say, they're not just gonna be like, All right, give us your money. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he's just always getting new stuff and his mm-hmm. weight in gold would be like a significant amount in gold. Oh yeah, money. also yeah, especially which I don't feel like I need to get this deep into it, but when you think about what the pirate was saying the waterbending scroll was worth and how big a copper piece was and how many copper gold pieces yeah. he would say and then think about how much that would weigh out to Iroh's weight. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money. I know that's overthinking it. <laughs> no, uh I mean <laughs> maybe <laughs> um Eva pointed something out to me that's very interesting uh when they've got the scene where they walk into uh the you know Bato's sort of hut and all of the skins on the on the wall and Aang is like yeah real uh you know real cozy all these dead animal skins and uh she was just like yeah i mean He's being vegetarian's kind of a privilege when you like live up on a fucking, you know, mountain and you've got all these fresh fruit and stuff. But when you're living in the South Pole, you've got to make ends meet. You've got to stay warm. You've got to eat yeah. protein. I you know? feel like all of Aang's uh, comments in this episode are motivated solely by his jealousy of that connection yeah. and the whole episode i was mad at him frustrated mm-hmm. at him and every time i watch this i am i don't know why it took this long for me to think about this but 
he literally is the only person alive in his yeah. entire so like it's one of those things where I don't think it's excusable for him to basically be like, your guys' culture is, like, primitive. You know right. what I mean? But at <laughs> his... the same time, he is probably just like, you guys have something I wish I had. You know? His entire circle of people that he knows is Sokka and Katara. Yeah, like, family, and now they're not giving him friends, any time of day. Co-workers, they're literally going, yeah, that's nice, Aang. It's or, literally Yeah, we'll just tell you about them. it later, Aang. Yeah. They're just shutting him up, you know? And they, yeah. I mean, Don't also. Don't touch that. I mean, also, like, there is the factor that it's been about him until now. Everything. Exactly. Everything has been about him. This is the first time that it's anything but the Avatar, <laughs> you know? I think it's good He needed for him. this to be able to deal with future possibilities of people not giving a shit about him. Yeah. You know? And also, he's fucking 12, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. He's t- like, yeah. I, I, watching him make the decision to, to keep the map is infuriating and like, hey, no, what are you doing? But it's also, when you really think about it, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. I don't know if you wrote down the joke, but <laughs> I just wrote down the reaction to the joke because the reaction to it makes me laugh harder than the joke. Hmm. Sokka makes like a classic dad joke, but then there's another <laughs> that's cough, later. and Bato goes, you have your father's wit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that cracks the return of the cough, like, man. Straight up calling him out. Fantastic. Um, oh, also the soup that they're drinking is, on record, the first thing Momo doesn't even like. He tries it and pushes it away. So that's how you yeah. know that this soup, you know. Nasty steam. It's an acquired taste. I won't call it gross because I will. they love that it. That shit sounds nasty. <laughs> it does. That sounds so gross. No, but I mean if it's like a, you know, delicacy or whatever. I love the references to past episodes uh, where... They see Miyuki and, yeah, and that that's old lady, so cool. and they go to the she's they go to the my town. Cat. I did not realize this, and it makes a lot of sense because I don't know what else I expected. I don't even remember Miyuki making any sounds, but D. Bradley Baker, who does Appa and Momo, is <laughs> credited as being the voice of Miyuki. Oh my god, <laughs> which is fantastic. Miyuki, did you get in trouble with the Fire Nation again? (laughs) Miyuki backs away guilty. Like, also, really cool how that lady is just gathering herbs in this abandoned town. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, of course, that's what she would be doing. It's just cool. Yeah. Oh, and then Iroh's interaction with uh, with Aunt Wu. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Her being like, you come in here, handsome. Let me tell you a fortune. And him being like... I only have, at this age, I only have one mystery, or there's only one thing in life I don't know, and I'd soon right. enough let it remain a mystery. I just think that's one of the coolest lines, maybe in the show. Absolutely. And it's just an, inter- an interaction, or an exchange between two people whose powers are beyond what we could understand, yeah. and they're both just like kind of flirting with each other, and right. then that's it. I don't know. I, like, I like to think that maybe he goes back one day in the long distant future and marries her, you know? Iroh's old guy hot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why he thinks he can uh, get away with uh, some of the stuff he <clears throat> shouldn't we'll get to that. I like Aang airbending the hay and <laughs> to be in front of Appa. Just whoosh, Yeah. Just a little moment oh, I like. Did you notice that this is the 
maybe the third, second time for sure, that Aang walks away like five seconds too early. Like when yeah. Gyatso, Gyatso comes in to be like, oh, I won't let them take oh. you from me. It's like he just left. And yeah. then in this, he leaves. And then the moment he leaves, they're like, but we can't leave. We got to take Aang to the North Pole. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh, my God, if you would have heard that, oh, man. everything that would be fine. Everything. Oh, yeah. But he does leave. He does get this map. Um, and uh, then we get into the the ice. Uh, the ice dodging the coming of age yeah uh i love that bato points out that this ship was made by his father oh i love that too just alludes the ship is very sentimental to me it was made by my father he just says it but it's so cool it's so uh i don't know it alludes to the importance of family in their culture which is just so cool and it makes it makes for much easy to forget that hands built that yeah and now you not only know that you know it was his father's yeah and now knowing and that <laughs> let's go the out amount and... of trust he puts in them right he literally now, now just dodge rocks cross-legged <laughs> yeah. yeah oh and i love that um ang has no idea what Sokka is ordering him to do <laughs> yeah. they're so like, lucky it works out did they Aang, not have pull the jib to starboard <laughs> what are you talking about right. just do it did you not what? have like a like a little debriefing beforehand before you know how about uh, come on bato did you not sit them down ang who's never been on a ship he's before, like all right and be you like, two don't know anything this is the helm yeah, specifically this, is, the lead. this Aang. is starboard it's like oh my god um i do love that what Sokka showed like this test for him and what he's showing in the show in general what he can do is lead is be yeah. the administrator he does not have the bending power but he has the 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 oversight and skill to recognize what needs to happen in certain situations and to get people to do them in yeah, in, a, if, in an efficient and productive if way Kitaro were alone hurtling towards rocks, they would probably not realize that they can just bend themselves over them. Right. Sokka is the one who realized that, you know, it's just the simple dynamic of having a person there who actually knows what they're doing. And also just adds to like, you don't have to be a bender to be a cool fucking (laughs) person in this show, you know, like. Exactly. Yeah. Um, They make it through. We've got this ritual, which is, again, just adding to the rich uh, culture that they've established, which is very influenced by indigenous peoples of uh, these marks that he bestows on them. Mm -hmm. Sokka gets the mark of the wise, which is cool and fitting. Like, he gets the oversight stuff. Katara gets the the, um, mark of the brave, which is fitting fitting for her as well, too. You know, she when she sees a cause she fights for it and ang gets the mark of the trusted which is what makes him break and say you know you shouldn't trust me this is what i've been hiding but it is still fitting for him and bato does yeah. not go like oh you you're a disgrace he's like you know before he uh before he reveals what before ang reveals what he's done he says you are now an honorary member of the water tribe and he does mm-hmm. not go back on that. He does not show any sort of disgrace. He understands because this is a kid. Yeah. I almost wish in that moment when 
he says, Sokka, maybe you should. And then yeah. Sokka's like, no, we're going. And the guitar is like, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And then it just cuts to a shot of all three of them walking away. Yeah. Part of me wishes there was another shot of Bato just stopping, turning, and then looking down sadly. Or just something. Right. Yeah, so we know that like yeah. he's still like thinking about Aang, but he is following them because they're family. But yeah. I will say it still communicates that feeling well. Like, yeah. I think he's going with them because they're family. And mm-hmm. then they follow up with immediately him telling them a story that, when you really think about it, seems <laughs> so out of left field. It'd be like <laughs> right. if we were walking through the woods and you're like, oh, cool. Do you hear that bird chirping? And I was like, that bird isn't <laughs> chirping because he's looking for <laughs> eggs. He's probably alone from his pack. I know what that feels like, you know? Like, well, with a bird, it would be for it this be, time. That bird's not chirping because it's beautiful. It's because it's horny. I've been horny before. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Well, but so, that, I don't know. That kind of cracked me up. But it still is. a No, like, yeah. That's probably, he was probably thinking the whole walk. Like, I need to figure out a way to tell these guys to turn right. around. And then that happened. She's like, it's so sad. And he's like. Okay, this is fucking perfect. Oh, you know, and I literally almost started like tearing up when there's the brief flashback of the back of Kid Sokka watching the ships go away as he's just yeah. described how alone it feels to be abandoned by your family. And Sokka, I'm getting goosebumps again right now. Sokka thinking about oh, <laughs> about how he has just abandoned Aang, and he's oh. It's, it's one of the most touching mm, moments in this season, Sokka realizing or connecting those two things, connecting yeah. the feelings he has about his father to a feeling Aang has towards him. He's yeah. not necessarily Aang's like oh. father role, but he's like kind of is. Family. He's that big brother. Oh. He's family to him. And uh, it's truly beautiful. It's like moments like those are why I think this episode's one of the best episodes. Yeah. It, it, Makes me, it in the moment, makes me, like, super emotional. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> moving on. And it leads to <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> maybe my favorite fight in the first season. It's pretty great. This fight is so cool. And there's so many layers because, to it. Because, I don't know, to me, we've been kind of, like, waiting for a rematch between Aang and Zuko. Mm-hmm. And we get a good one. Mm-hmm. Appa joins for the first time. And he actually yeah. kicks some Appa ass. can fight. And it's and intimidating. I don't know. I I yeah. I could have a little more. A uh, little more maybe. But there's just something so satisfying about Aang and Zuko punching each other and an explosion happening because yeah. of the mix of air and fire mm-hmm. and them flying back or. Uh, that is the, the Ang inside of the well, oh, dodging every single move in the super elaborate, cool way. Yeah. And then when he makes the well explode, Ang goes under it and then just shoots out with water. It's like yeah. oh, there are some and amazing moments. And when he goes into the, the well fight. and brings all the well water out and then lands yeah. that superhero land and it and then it rains down as rain. And then Zuko Incredible. lands. Yeah. Um, oh man that whole the whole fight sequence uh it just shows how incredible ang is at evading and yeah using that and did you tactic. notice he reflects a lot of stuff too yeah. there's uh when they're on the roof there's a moment where zuko does this like like a downward slice hmm. and fire comes out in a column from his foot or yeah. his hand 
And then Aang, like, dodges it, does a move, flies over him, lands on the other side of him, and then it does the exact same shot from, like, three shots ago of Zuko, but of Aang doing a repeat Mm. of that move, but with air. And it was, like, this cool moment of me being, like, holy shit, Aang's, like, using Zuko's moves against him right now because he doesn't usually attack. He hasn't yet. Mm -hmm. And then now he's, like, all right, I have to. So his moves are usually not attack based. So he's using like Zuko's attacks. That's fast. But with air. Yeah. It's crazy. That's so cool. Okay. Little uh continuity problem. Uh how'd Sokka and Katara get there? They're paralyzed. And then suddenly they're just paralyzed in the place. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, didn't the Did Zuko bring what's them? What's her name? I'm thinking he I think they were on like the back of the sheer shoe, like tied up. Hey, uh why? Yeah, no, it's, you know, that's, <laughs> Doesn't really make that's sense, another but... plot convenience. This yeah. episode is convenient, you know, yeah. the fact that there's perfume when they need it and that they're all there when they need to be, but it makes for some satisfying moments like Sokka being like, I think I'm starting to get some feeling back. And then an entire cascade of lumber falling on him. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. yeah. That moment is so funny. Uh, when When they do finally figure out a way to sort of win this battle um they decide to use the perfume whenever they dump those big things of perfume i'm always like man what a waste of perfume that's so much christ but then i also think about like they've brought so much damage to their structures here especially with appa when he gets in the fight you know his his oh he try and he, he tries to step on the woman and he just and the tiles like crack and burst away like oh yeah he would have destroyed her (laughs) appa can fuck shit up if he wants to yeah and he sir he handles like multiple pair uh what should be paralyzing attacks yeah yeah and his dude his stance the first time when he's just like yeah is like one of the coolest things that's why i love this fight so much appa joining is just the coolest perfume bending is another moment of like you know Thinking outside think, of the box. Oh, not pure water. Mm-hmm. It can be a water-based substance. Mm-hmm. And I love how they animate it. Every time yeah. I watch the episode, it looks just different than any other substance in the show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like water. It yeah. looks like something that is evaporating quickly as you're using it. And, like, they did need to bend it because, like, if, if you just pour those out, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of that smell. It'll probably, you know, confuse the the monster, the the mole thing. But making it go all around it is what makes it flip the fuck out. You know what I mean? Yeah, in the way that you were talking about how cool they animate his mm-hmm. smell vision, it it's great that they did it that way. Because now when we're seeing it overload, it just makes sense. It just totally like registers when it's like only for a split second does it get to the point of like overload. But we see just the entire screen mm-hmm. filled with the rainbow. And it's like, yeah, that would freak yeah. me out too. Yeah. Uh, I think we should definitely address the kind of like, ew, part of Damn this episode because it would be, I think it would be like, just like weird if we Him didn't. thinking she's really cool is dope. Yeah. Him flirting with the fortune teller is dope. Him laying her paralyzed body on her and pretending that and he also got paralyzed. Like, Shh. 
That's not dope. <laughs> I could see a kid being like, ah, that's funny, but it's that's why not. it's not dope. That's why it's not dope. That is the reason. Yeah. If there was a moment of clarity afterwards where Zuko, uh, or where she like, you know, knees him in the balls and is like, you dirty old man. And he's like, oh, that's true. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) And then tells like a proverb to Zuko. I don't know. (laughs) That could, even that though, like it really, to me, feels like a very, very brief, God, I'm giving myself all the reasons now why it's probably low rated on iTunes because it is kind of a brief. Uh, what's the name of that episode? <laughs> we keep bringing it up. <laughs> great divide. The great divide. It's yeah. a great divide moment where I don't think Iroh would do that. You know? Yeah. Like it's a character. In another thing. episode, if he were given the opportunity and saw himself doing that, he'd be like, "Oh, it's a scroll." You know? That's yeah. not me. Mm. Go attack him. <laughs> <laughs> he was too busy stealing perfume <laughs> which i think is, which is funny and is funny but nice funny moment i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say that's a that's a scroll <laughs> and yeah Ira was just me too continuing i rose to better perfume. than that uh, but then we get you know these nice notions of of family and they they're, they're yeah you know, the, flying the off. way the episode ends is awesome really really great especially and got Katara's necklace back and it really doesn't after having our fortune teller episode it feels even more like a genuine gesture of Mm -hmm. I wanted to get this for you because I know you want it not like a yeah hey would it you know would like he does make a thing like wouldn't you like to have a piece of home to remember but it's it's not he could have easily made it a thing like Hey, if I happen to have this, maybe you'd like me more. You right. know, I don't know. It it really feels this is for you, uh, and I know how selfless. important it is. Yeah, selfless. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's and a she nice. She finally moment. has the necklace back. Like genuinely, her character design, it looks odd. It has looked odd with her not having it this whole time. Yeah, and the flower was cool, and I appreciate Ang for doing it. Yeah. But it wasn't Katara yet. No, you know? she gives him yeah. a little peck on the cheek. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I also think that it's. Uh, it stirs a lot of fans when she says, give a kiss to Zuko for me. That's what started it, you know? Oh, I think there's yeah. a fan, a heavy Registered. fan uh, yeah, fan know, base ship. wishing a ship between the two. Yeah. Which we'll get into maybe a little further down the road. But I think yeah. that starts it right there. It makes people go, wait a second, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, stop. No, yeah. stop. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's about time. Kid moment, of, Kid the moment of the week. Uh, Which now makes more sense that we're doing these weekly oh, again. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll have to, you know, in the, in the next Kid couple moment of weeks, the we'll, week. we'll, be, we'll be considering a new title for Kid Moment of this episode. But uh, yeah. Kid Moment of the Week has such a good ring to it, and it is currently accurate. Do you have one? Yeah, mine is Sokka being like, I think I'm starting to get feeling again. And then all of the lumber falling on him. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the position he's in and then just being covered in it next to Katara. And I don't know. Yeah. It's very Sokka. Oh, absolutely. I think I'm going to go with yours. The one I had written down. I, I don't know. I just didn't star enough like kind of kid moment type moments. But I I just love <laughs> Miyuki. Did you get in trouble with the Fire oh, Nation again? Which is very is funny. But I think, moment I think that's funnier as an adult than it you're is right. as a kid. I think you're right. I think, I think as an adult, I think it's funnier every time I watch it. As far as kid moments, it's got to be. It's got to be Sokka. 
Miyuki. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, uh, again, we're doing these weekly for a brief period while we're camping, um, <laughs> up north, uh, but if you're looking for other content to enjoy, you can check out the Legendary Four Adventures podcast where me and Gary and our friends Dustin and Sam play Dungeons of Dragons, um, and yeah. Thank you for listening to this show and supporting it and leaving comments and stuff. Anything else I should say? You want to say? Thanks for listening, fuckers. (laughs) I'm Calvin. (laughs) And I'm Gary. This has been a new lens. Fuckers. (laughs) 